Cross Politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. But that's, I didn't start I, it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic, coming at you from our summer studio. Yes. Where are we? We're we're in my office at my house. Where it's cool. <laughs> it's cooler. I don't even know how we fit in here. The AC. No, it's Although, tight. If anything goes weird today, I just want to say it's because I don't have my headphones. Yeah, I'm feel bad for I mean, you. These, I don't know how you do the earbuds. These things. earbuds are not the same at all. No. I, I don't feel like no. near. I feel kind of naked. Actually. I feel Malakoy. <laughs> you feel like? What, what, are you speaking in tongues over there? <laughs> okay, uh, we'll get more into that later, guys. Oh man, we are like, we're all like, we're fired I'm, up. I'm if we right. don't have any words, it's because we just talked to Pastor Tim Bailey. This is yes. our is our guest on today's show. Wow, second and third segments and. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at David, and like he and looks this, like this how I feel. Listen to, oh gosh, um, it was, it was hard hitting. Yeah, it was you, hard you, hitting. You know, it's really interesting. I expected that we were going to have a conversation just dealing with, you know, kind of how soft Christians, the church has been on homosexuality, and 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 we we did have that conversation. But it was a I, lot more than that. Yeah, but what I didn't expect yeah. to happen was to get sideswiped. Yeah. with the left hook. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, and and you know, uh, and, and, and David, you were saying like. This is something that, I mean, so he brought some stuff up yeah. that we are not hearing. It's very unique. And I've been somebody for the last at least 10, 11 years, I've been steeped in, you know, media production, news, but I haven't heard a voice, a prophetic voice like this on this subject probably in that whole time. And I right. hear people talking right. about it. I hear a lot of great content concerning it, but it's kind of like, this is almost this the homosexual movement and the way it's moving right now is almost doing the same move that Mormonism has done, where it's merged really close with Christianity right, and it's right, getting right. hard to ask the right questions. All this ambiguity. That's right. There's oh, a lot yeah. of ambiguity. And right now you see a lot of people, a lot of Christian men who are leaders and are helping, um, uh, helping the ambiguity, you know, find better roots. Materialize, codify yes, a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. and that's scary. And I didn't know <laughs> until yeah. here and Tim, how much of it I had even bought into oh, yeah. uh, to believe. So anyway, yeah. you got well, so that's the interview coming up with Pastor Tim to. Bailey. Oh, before, wow. before get we his get book, there, Daddy yep. tried. Just fast forward. Yep. Just fast forward. Yep. You know? <laughs> just forget <laughs> our news <laughs> segment. <laughs> you know, we're just sitting here drooling. Uh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like we just yeah. yeah. And, and and remember, guys, I I, I gave this a little uh, a little plug when I came back. So I went to their pastors' conference back in February. Back in February. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And um, the name of that conference was Not Ashamed. Ministry in a post Obergefell world. Wow! And if you if you search um, for clear note pastors conferences, um, it's called Not Ashamed. They've got previous conference archives, but I'm pretty sure all of the talk they're right there. I just pulled them up on my phone. 2017 pastors conference, Not Ashamed, 
ministry in a post-Obergefell world, what you're going to hear in the next two segments is like a super condensed kind of trailer version Wow. Yeah. of about, um, I think it was four or five, four talks that Pastor Tim Bailey gave at that conference, and there were a couple other top talks by couple other elders okay. praise god church, for a man but, like that and you came back uh, on fire too i was like well it's it's strange because like like you're gonna finish okay this is the preview like <laughs> yeah. you're gonna finish hearing i don't these think we're next, gonna get to news today you're gonna finish hearing <laughs> these two segments yeah. and you're gonna hurt all over yep yep and 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 at the same time you are going to be strangely encouraged. Yes, absolutely. It's it's, it's, it's like going like, to the gym. It's like going to the gym. It's like it's like a coach that yeah. makes you run and makes you you know all this stuff. And you afterwards yes. you're like, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. As you're laying on the ground, <laughs> it's like you can't feel your your yeah. body it's anymore. The best thing has ever happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's so that's real. Right. That's exactly right. All right, before we get to go, go oh, anything oh. good in news? Well, we before we get news. to news, I just want to remind people to you know check out our merch, check out our website. We really appreciate the people who wow. Been, so we want to keep um, bringing these people in yes we want to yeah. um we want to get the word out more yeah. yes so, like yeah. we want to like you know sponsor these things and, and get these things out so more people yeah. are seeing these shows getting introduced to good content right. thinking about all of life from a perspective of the lordship of jesus christ yeah. over everything yeah. and every little bit helps every yes. you know oh. buy a t-shirt buy a hat and I would say one of the best ways to help us is to join our membership club. Um, yeah. We've had a number of people do it, and all that all that money is going towards marketing and helping us kind of get the word out on these shows. Our last episode. Um, There's so many good things that's happened because yeah, of that with yeah. the Facebook promoting. The one with Jeff Sidaway, that, that show. Uh, the abortion one. The, uh, the one on the abortion. The one that we just finished. Idaho abortion. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. You know, when, when you give, that just helps us push that show out. And we've been able to see, and we want to bring some of that to you at some point, just the fallout from that and how God is moving from just using those the little funds that he's blessed us with because you have been giving. So thank you. And the yeah, senator thanks. in Idaho who is who pushed originally pushed in abortion now legislation, I sent him that interview that we did with Jeff Sidaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dan and, Foreman, and, right? And, yeah, Dan, Dan Foreman. Foreman, Senator Dan Foreman. He emailed us this last week. I forwarded it to you guys yeah. and just wow. said thank you so much for that interview. I think it was really well. It was, it was done really well. And it got at a lot of the underlying issues that he's been trying to get at as yeah. senator, as a Christian senator down in Boise, right? Um, which is awesome. Yeah, so, and, and what I mean, a hero! Well, and 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 I and we want this to be the thing that's yeah, that's it's an encouragement then to you in your state, yes. where you're at. Um, think lo- you know, thinking locally about what you can do uh, to educate your your leaders. That's yeah. right. You know, right. we're we're in a we're in a key moment where we need Christians to 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 have courage. That's right. We 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 are. We're soft men. Oh, man. One of the things yeah. that, too, that you can do is tell your senator to listen to cross politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good yeah. way to start. And, and yeah. you know, and for free, of course. I mean, you can, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to share. Yeah. yeah. That's you right. Know, share, yeah. And, yeah. share and like and, and tweet or whatever. Buy a dad uh, cap. Let's buy know, some coffee. But, um, <laughs> all those things. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go on our website in the upper right hand. You'll see join. You can join our membership. Um, up there on the right hand side, and so uh, just th- thank our listeners for this, man. This last year has been just such a fun ride with you. Yeah, guys, when, so. when's our one year birthday? End of September. Oh wow! So we yeah. gotta like get ready for a, a one year birthday. So party. end of September, and we're already getting about twenty thousand downloads a month. Praise God! Um, and it wow. hasn't even been a year. What's wrong yet, with so. you people? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. You guys got an hour to spare. Wow, look so, at you. Uh, thank you. Well, let's get into cross cross politic news. Yeah. Um. So this is all related to our up our next our second and third segment coming up. Uh, this last or about it's two weeks ago, I think now, um, Texas pastors in Houston rejected LGBT curriculum in the schools. And they Wait, said, how did, how did pastors do that? So they got involved because uh, the public schools were 
debating should they bring home, uh, you know, LGBTQ curriculum into our schools? Separation of church and state. They just broke all that. Separation of church and state. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Separation. And, and so here's what they said. They said, we are Houston, not San Francisco. Oh, 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 sounds like something you would say. And, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was you, like, we're we are Texas, Texas, not California. Not California. Come on now. Did you guys, did you guys see that California? I, I, I watch. I, you know, I don't really pay attention to the news, but you know, California just did this like travel ban thing. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. states or something. They, not, this is their second time to were, do that. Were they not funding any like state sponsored travel yeah. to these certain num- these certain states? They ain't got no money yep. anyway. Because so they, what they because they're like L B G whatever Q R S T U V um not friendly or something like that yeah. not welcoming and affirming yeah i love that yeah that's great we need more of that uh, you know what like, let, we let need states rights we need those states to get <laughs> yeah get get fancy the more they do it the only that's a good point though yeah. the more that they do that it's only going to benefit us if we're willing to have some backbone all the yeah all the other states will be know? like great yep oh you guys want to do that yeah. great we're right. in an abortion yeah, yeah we're in an abortion yeah and you know we're lowering we're lowering taxes in our state yeah that's what we're right. going to do yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so yeah, I'm I, I'm for him doing that. I'm not mad at that. Right. Tell us what you think. Sure. D- d- you know, act act according to your convictions, <laughs> and, and then you know, and then as the businesses keep moving out of California. Yeah, exactly. Because the high yeah. taxes. When you're broke, cur. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They're already broke. And, and you know, this is this is uh, Gabe's point. He's brought this up before about you know outlawing abortion. You know, in in certain states, like let's see what it does over the next generation. Comparing yeah. a, a, state by pro, state, a pro life yeah. state, um, yes. pro abortion state. Yep. Um, and let's see what happens. Keep doing this, guys. Well, Keep no, doing it. Let's no, see, no. let's see where the businesses go. Let's see where the where the where the economies flourish. Let's see where the families flourish. It's, yeah, it's usually not good to keep killing yourself off. Yep. Usually, your next businessman, you kill him in a womb, well, and it's a problem. Well, the thing yeah. about this article <laughs> that that struck me um, was that these pastors were right. leading their communities and speaking yeah. up, right? About just curriculum in a public school that yep. they have no authority over. Yeah, but, but they do. Being, they do, right? They're right. being prophetic voices right. over the authority and the spiritual yeah. um, lives I of mean, their people in, in, in their city. They're owning their city, not just their churches. No, right. if they were owning you know? their city, they wouldn't have their kids in the public school and they wouldn't have well, to speak up well, about it. Well, well, so, It's true. So, well, I mean, it sounds yeah, all good yeah, now. Yeah. Like, well, at least give them credit for this. It's, it's, it, that, that to me is almost Maybe. like having an argument and saying, you know what? Our slaves don't work on Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> they're uh, Monday through Friday slaves. Slavery card. <laughs> they they they're, they obey the Sabbath. <laughs> and then all these pastors got together yeah. against this law well, that said that slaves had to work on Saturday. Seems seems to me that the question comes down to are they learning courage or is this going to be a substitute? Look at you. Yeah. Learning courage. Right. Right. Let me let me bring this but, up. Are they gonna learn to fight? Yeah. Yeah. Or is this just a substitute? Right. So if they're being like, oh no, yeah, we already did that strong thing, that courageous thing, so we yeah. don't have to do anything hard. Yep. Yeah. Then you're right. It's that's like, a good question. That's but, a good but question. If, but if they're learning courage, then they got to come back next week. They got to come with something harder. Something harder. Yeah. They got to keep. Yeah. Learn. If they're learning courage, you're right. There's another thing that they're going to do. Right. You know. There's. But that 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 curriculum entering into the school isn't their only issue. Oh yeah. You know, if they have other things that are happening in this school that they need to go and dig out. But like you're right. saying, if they're right. they, they look at this and say, guys, we've missed the boat on all this right. other stuff. Yeah. And they go in there and say, we're going to rip this evolution thing out of there. Right. We're going to rip, you yeah, know. They, they need to come back, wow. though, and just, and they just need to come back and say, you know, we're, yeah. we're getting uh-huh. out of this. We're, we're going to privatize this, this whole yeah. system. Right. Like, yeah. If they start yeah. doing that, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then, then you're really standing up. And, Houston. Houston. No, no, well, no abortion in Houston. Well, yeah, this, yeah. Co- oh, this comes back to your up. point about being a bandwagon pastor. Right. Now, I don't believe they're being bandwagon pastor on this issue because that's not cool. No. Even in Texas. Well, it's, it's, it's not cool. Well, that's kind of I mean, cool. It, I guess it kind of yeah, every yeah. every Christian 
I need to post a I need to rethink that one. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the line. Yeah, it's on the it's line. Definitely on line. It, but definitely nationally, it's not a bandwagon sure. issue for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to bring the contrast here. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, Samford University's faculty voted to allow LGBT um, uh, student group on campus. And so if you guys know Samford University, they're Alabama Christian University, and uh, basically in the Baptist tradition, they were there before the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they went through the Civil War, um, but they've also, I think, led in kind of a number of issues. Um, they allowed women to start going on to be educated on campus. They, I think, that's what they messed up at. I think they. I'm just joking. They I'm were. Joking. That was actually a joke. <laughs> you can send, wife, your, send your emails. <laughs> <that's true. laughs> my, my wife would go kill me. She hear this. Yeah. What you say? Don't go, DJ. <laughs> tell mama about that. <laughs> and so, uh, but what, what, what? Part of the controversy. So, oh, this Christian university. But part of what happened was was the president. Also, before the vote, um, kind of had a, a a talk before the faculty voted on all this, and it was actually kind of a soft um, leadership moment for Y'all better him. Vote the way I say. Right, he said, you know, people call me um, uh, a hater because I'm against, I'm for traditional views of marriage. Using the word traditional, um, they call me people call me haters, but I I want to kind of get rid of that term. I want to. Um. Uh. You know. Uh. I want us to not walk that path of using that kind of language to malign one another. And you kind of see where this is going with the president. Doesn't want us to talk like the Apostle Paul. Yeah. In First Corinthians six nine. Right. Right. When wow. when when it's actually to to speak truth in that moment is to speak against the sin of sodomy. Right. So the, the thing right. is that they have homosexuals that are on the campus already. Right. And this is voting to allow a. Open group. Basically. So the faculty voted for it. Yeah. And they passed it. And so now there's an open LGBT student group, which gets all the rights of other student groups on campus. Right. Right. And so that that's in contrast to what the pastors were doing in, in Houston. Well, I guess, I guess the Bible belt is a little tighter around Texas than it is in in in, in uh where is this in Alabama. 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 The, the, yeah. the Jesus belt a little tighter in Texas. Yeah. That was, that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh man. But uh, uh but good some good news here in cross politic news. Um uh, the baker who refused to bake the cake for the gay wedding. Which one? Colorado. Right. Um, this is the one yeah, in Denver. This is the one in Colorado. Or, or Boulder it's, or something it's like It's going to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Fight, baby. Fight. I know. Yeah. We'll see. So this is going to be an interesting moment. They're going to hear it like this fall? Is that uh, what it is? I, think, um, I think it's in the fall. What is actually going to the Supreme Court, though? Uh, their right to basically refuse, refuse, service. refuse service based, based off on religious, religious pr- convictions. Yeah. Okay. Right? So... Um, I, I don't know the term, uh, technical terminology on the appeal and everything. This this is already. So when I went to, where was this? Was this Florida? I was in Florida. Okay. I can't remember exactly where it was in Florida. We were doing a music video shoot um, and we went to Wendy's. And I was like, oh, yes, this Baconator is going to be so bomb. Uh-huh. I walked in and there was a sign that said, because of the property owners, this Wendy's is not allowed to sell pork. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we had a, a Muslim thing going on. So I walked in and said, "Time We're out. Jewish. Isn't this America? Yeah. God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Where's I, my bacon? Because I, I want Where's some bacon. bacon. <laughs> I want a dead pig in the right. back right now. <laughs> Carve him up. Give me some fresh bacon. And they said because of the hospital, I think it's a Muslim um, owned so the Muslim owned hospital, yep. and or at least they own the property that the yep. hospital sits on, and yep. they won't allow. Yep. And I said, whoa, 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 I said, why don't you guys take them to court? Have you heard about the Baker thing? Yeah. Like, people are doing this all the time. Just take them to court. You have right. a right to sell bacon? Right. <laughs> right. I want some bacon right now. Right. So right. it's interesting. I think 
that the Supreme Court Muslims know how to take dominion. I think they're going to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exactly yeah, where I was going. Yeah, right, right. They, because of them, the Supreme Court will probably rule in favor of the cake baker. Right. I, I, oh, because, interesting. Yeah. Because if yeah. you start telling Muslims that they have to have bacon on a property that they have established, right. now you're going to have an outcry from other religious groups. So I don't think that they're right. willing to take that on. I don't know. Ultimately, I don't know. I mean, it'd be it'd be interesting to watch. I mean, I yeah, Muslims are going to be watching that one. That's right. for sure. I mean, there's because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of this insanity going on right now because you can't you can't say there's no standard, right? And then and then actually live that way, and and it, you know reality hits you in the face. Yeah, yeah. you know reality hits you in the face, and so like you know this is um, I remember reading uh, oh, what's the there's a book I I can't remember what it's called now Life at the Bottom by uh, Theodore Dalrymple. Okay. He's talking about multiculturalism in England. And uh, he, he says, you know, he, he's worked in an inner city hospital and prison for a number of years. And, and so all this multiculturalism is like a decade ahead in England. Mm. They got yeah. way more Muslims right. there. Right. Well, you know, in Muslim culture, it's, um, it's expected that you beat your wife and your kids. Right, exactly. Right. If they're yeah. getting out of line, you beat them with a baseball bat. Mm. And, yeah. and so you got people coming into a hospital covered in bruises and they'll report, yeah, you know, everybody knows their dad did it or their brother yeah. did right, it. Yep. Right. And uh, you can't press any charges. Nobody will report it. Why? Because no. yeah. it's Muslim. It's Muslim. Because yeah. it's Hindu. Because yeah. it's, you it's know, their it, law. It's the religion. It's, their, yeah. it's, it's Sharia. It's right? their law. And, yeah. and so, no, and so, oh, really? That's, that's what we're going to do? Yeah. Yep. That's how we're going to live? That's how yeah. it's going to be? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, because we're going to respect the culture? Really? Mm-hmm. You're a bunch of naive, you know, liberals. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to be watching this one closely. I don't think... This might be a very good thing that it goes to Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, yeah. There's, right now, Islam is, you, you know, when they're passing laws in other, other nations for Islamophobia, yep. right, then it's a good, it's a good thing <laughs> for yeah. us in this case. Because right. be everybody, this oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. They might actually get behind and say, look, we don't like them Christians and we want to cut their heads off, but for our sake, can you guys not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think, I think that's right. And here's a, here's a related case that's going to be coming probably eventually to the Supreme Court, I, w- I, would, I would imagine. Um, and this is actually in Idaho. A transgender woman in Idaho is suing the state of Idaho because Idaho lawfully cannot change um, her. He's a he's a man, but you're not. You can't change it, right? It won't change his birth certificate to he wants to identify as a female on his birth, he's birth not. certificate. Oh, so it's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's a real man. But trying, she trying but, to be a woman. But he as uh, she. How do we even talk about this? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a him. It's a him. It's a messed up him. Right. It's a messed up him who wants to change his birth certificate to identify as a woman. Um, but and you're Idaho not. lawfully won't and can't because Good. he's not right because you the law is that your birth certificate states. Who you were born as? Right. That and he's right. not. And he's right. not. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Right. And let no. me repeat myself. And he's not. And right. He's he's, yeah. he's a he. Right. So and it's interesting that Idaho's getting sued over this. All right. They're suing the Bureau of Vital Records and Health Health Statistics here in Idaho. Uh, but this is something that again, states need to be able to show a backbone on this issue. Right. right. Oh yeah. We need to tell our senators don't don't budge on this. Don't yeah, budge. Yeah. Okay, guys. You guys ready? Man, I am. Oh, oh man. Absolutely. This interview is hot. Pastor Tim Bailey, author of Daddy Tried, is coming up next. Get ready.
for 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. We are with uh, Pastor Tim Bailey today. Yes. Uh, this fair. this segment is actually brought to you by Humble Burger. Ooh, what is a Humble Burger? H- Humble Burger is a hometown burger in Moscow, Idaho, owned by folks at Trinity Reformed Church. Oh, that's why oh, they get shot. There's and, the plug. Um, are they from Texas too? No, no, oh, no because okay. I want to open up a burger joint next to them and call it Arrogant Burger. Arrogant Burger? <laughs> <laughs> they, isn't, isn't there a beer called like Arrogant Bastard yes, or something like that? Yes, there is. Yes, yeah. I actually have some in my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Tim Bailey has been married to his wife, Mary Lee, for 40 years, it Ooh, says. Wow. Is that is it still 40, Tim? Uh, it's more than that, but don't worry about okay. it. Okay, uh, a little over 40. Your wife will care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 48, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take that back? <laughs> they have five children, and it says here 21 grandchildren. Is that still accurate? Are there any more now? No, there's now 22. Okay. Oh, Actually, man. there's now 23, wow. if you wow. count them. Yeah. But don't mm. worry about it. 22. Okay. Your wife is going to be count- making sure you don't pass on that one now. <laughs> That's right. Over oh, two, Tim. Tim is the senior pastor of Clear Note Church in Bloomington, Indiana, Um, and he's also the author of the book Daddy Tried, Overcoming the Failures of Fatherhood. And um, Tim, thanks for joining us today on Cross Politic. It's good to be with you. Is this Gabriel? Uh, This is Toby, actually. Hi. It's good to be with you, Toby. But it's okay. I usually represent us all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, can you tell us a little bit about this book, Daddy Tried? What um, what is it about, and um, why should our listeners um, get it and read it? Well, my father-in-law and my dad both were authors and publishers, ran publishing companies, and uh, an awful lot of the crud that's published today is triumphalist. It's, you know, a couple of steps to do this and that, and just do my, follow my pattern, and you'll be a perfect father, and I think that anybody that has been blessed by God with godly children as adults knows that uh, it's all of grace, and yet 
we still have an obligation to do our work well. So I wanted to write a book in the spirit of Augustine's Confessions where my father's failures, my failures, would be featured in a way that made young men and fathers today willing to fail in the right direction. Mm. And I know it sounds depressing, but I find so many guys who've grown up in broken homes and the first time they hit a marital fight or the first time they fail and lose their temper and stuff, they think that they're washed up and they don't realize that good marriages fight, good fathers fail. And so that's the reason it's titled the way it is, but it really is a theology of fatherhood. And I talk about God's fatherhood, the sonship of Christ, the attributes of God that we need to focus on. I go into practical things about discipline and instruction. I talk about the three spheres of fatherhood, of the home, the church, and society. I talk about public fathers in the city gate. And uh, that's the idea behind the book. Well, it looks like me and you need to have a counseling session after this, just for me. Because uh, what do I need to hear from you? Uh, <laughs> He's uh, ready to go. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you're talking to uh, basically a first generation family. I mean, we haven't had my wife and I were talking. We can't think of a marriage that stayed together in the last That's two right. generations. Right. So we're like, man, yes. you know, we're we're saying we're we're making a new foundation. We're the ones who are going to break this cycle. But we're finding that, man, there's a whole lot of mistakes that we, we figure out that we're making that the second and third generation marriages uh, that have had that, that kind of covenant faithfulness haven't made in a long time. And so well, <laughs> uh, David, at least it seems like I, that. Yeah, don't don't believe it. Oh, good. Listen, They're not perfect. Good. Oh, every hey, listen, every <laughs> single Christian home is filled with sin. I keep trying to emphasize in the book, you look at the families in scripture and that's what we have in our churches. So the hype about doing things right in the, in the conservative reform world is a bunch of BS. Mm. Nobody does it right. Even Doug and Nancy didn't do it right. Toby's (laughs) not going to do it right. Right. Gabriel's not going to do it right. God is merciful. (laughs) God's merciful. Amen. Amen. So don't be intimidated by it at all, David. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, like one of my regular prayers as a, as a father and as like a sinful father for my household, I I pray constantly, um, that my kids do not get my sin, that my sin, that me and my my wife's sin is not passed down to our children. And that's a, that's a, uh, every time I pray that it's, it's a very heavy prayer. Um, and, and we just pray that our, our, that our kids are not affected by even me and my wife's own sin in our marriage. And, um, uh, and that it seems like I went to this, I went to this education conference, um, last week. That's why, that's why I was ACCS, ACCS. And, and I've been to education conferences, secular education conferences for 10 years. And this is my first Christian education conference I went to. And they talked about confessing sin. This is the first conference that I went to education conference in 10 years where they talked about confessing sin. Can they do that? It, at this at this one they could. Oh, okay. But but one of the things that struck me about being at that conference was just how um repentance is the basis for even education. I mean that's what basically repentance is education. You're saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Um I've sinned, I've messed up. Please teach me how to do this rightly. Please forgive me. Yeah. And and there's so much we're I mean, Tim, you know, address this. We you know we're we're um in such a culture where there's this lack of father presence in our culture but all connected Mm -hmm. and all that is like we just don't even want to talk about sin in our culture 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. So you're working on a new book, Tim. Uh, and we were talking about it just before we got on the show here. Um, what's the name of this book and what's it about? The working title is The Grace of Shame. And subtitle being something like Seven Mistakes the Church is Making and Dealing with uh, Homosexuality. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. We're waiting for the preview. Yeah, <laughs> give, us a, give us the number one play by play. Well, at the beginning of the book, I try to establish some credentials for for the church I serve, clear note, and for my wife and and me. Um, we we lived out in uh, I lived in San Diego, and then Mary Lee and I lived in Boulder. I went did my undergraduate at UW Madison now in Bloomington, Boston for seminary. We have always been involved in ministering to people who are caught up in the sins of lesbianism and sodomy. And, you know, they've been in our small group. Uh, They're like family to us. And a lot of these people um, that we have known and loved through the years have repented. They have left their relationships that were immoral. And I think any time you take the position that I'm taking or that we're taking, because the book is being co-authored by a couple other guys, uh, Jürgen von Hogg and a professor over in uh, Germany and Joseph, my son. Okay. Um, anytime you take a position saying that shame is good because it helps us run from sin. Right. Everybody thinks you're a hater and a homophobe and that you think you're superior to other people. And so I start by talking about our life of ministry to people of various sexual sins and specifically um, homosexuality. And then I go into describing what an awful city Bloomington is for this. People don't realize that having a music school and the Kinsey Institute right. has meant that Bloomington is just chock-a-brick full of uh, every kind of sexual perversion there right. is. Right. And so then I go into the specifics mistakes that are being made by and i'm focusing not outside the church because we don't need to worry about outside the church the real problem with homosexuality today is that the church isn't being a witness and and the church thinks she is but her main leaders today have caved on homosexuality in a very Mm. sophisticated equivocating way and that's what i want to expose because equivocation i think is good yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's awful what they're doing. Uh, unpack that, and Tim. And it has to be exposed. Huh? Can, can well, you unpack that? What do you, what do you mean by what's the equivocation that's taking place? And, and how, I want to, I want to step back one step wait, wait. and talk about the witness aspect of this and then, and the equivocation. What do you mean the church is, um, a bad witness about this? Um, cause when I think of the sin of homosexuality, I do put first initial blame on the church, but I don't put the initial blame on being a bad witness in the sense that um, we aren't saying things rightly, I put the blame on, on just sin from our own, within our own camp first. Well, yeah. And I don't go into that real deeply, but I hit that pretty hard. I grew up in Wheaton in, in the 60s and 70s. There was no discipline of fornication among any of the evangelicals mm, leaders, yeah. none. And then I look at the caving on divorce and unbiblical remarriage. We caved completely on that. Wow. Then we... Then we caved on, uh, I I don't, well, let me just say, when it comes to sexual sin, 
and we look over the past four or five decades, what we see is the church has consistently caved on every sexual sin that became that came to the table to be normalized. And we're putting up a little bit more of an objection, although it's really gone on the issue of homosexuality. But I think that's largely because homosexuality tends to be a liberal sin, whereas fornication and adultery and pornography tend to be conservative sins. It's a, it's a closet uh-huh. sin for us. Scribes yeah, of Pharisees, so, huh? And so what I've been saying for 30 years in the Presbyterian Church, because I was in the PCUSA and fought against the normalization of homosexuality in that denomination for a decade when I was first ordained, I always say to people, look, if we're not going to discipline our elders who are committing adultery, Mm. there's absolutely no justification for us objecting to them ordaining homosexuals. Amen. Amen. That's right. So, so. I want to go back to where Toby was talking about unpack the point that we've where we've been equivocating at where where have we been failing at ultimately well cosmically the failure is a failure to understand that shame is is God's grace right but let's look let's look specifically when when you write on a blog that godliness is not heterosexuality you're equivocating it's a very sophisticated lie because what it does is it causes people to think that the category of what Jesus said, Jesus said from the beginning, he made them male and female. So it's very accurate to say God made them heterosexual. God didn't make transsexuals, bisexuals, uh, a man in a woman's body wishing he were a dog or whatever else they're going to come up with. God made them from the beginning, male and female. And it's not just true with creation. It's true with each individual in the womb of his mother, that God assigns our sex. And so when you say godliness is not heterosexuality, if you watch what they do when they say that is they're very sophisticated after they say that and they've scandalized everybody, then they go back and act like what they really mean is that godliness isn't rape that's heterosexual. Godliness isn't lust that's heterosexual. Godliness right, isn't right. adultery. Yeah. But it's equivocation because they're they're acting like they're saying one thing when they come back and mean something else. And you'll see this again and again in homosexuality right now. And it, what it has ended up doing is is normalizing discussions of homosexuality in the church such that people no longer blush and it's that old Alexander Pope thing that vice is a monster of such frightful mean as to be hated needs but to be seen. But seen too oft, familiar with her face, we first pity, then endure, and then embrace. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. Ouch. First pity, then endure, then embrace. And in and some sense, and in some sense Vody, Vody talks about this yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I was just thinking about and that. You just thinking about that. Like, um, uh, Vody talks about how the progression of the homosexual movement going all the way back to the 70s was, was kind of that progression. First pity, um, then endure, then embrace. But they would, they turned the homosexuality movement from a classified, um, sociological, um, uh, disorder. To a what? What did, what did they change it to? They they um, well, they just removed it from the list. The so, legit- so it's not a disorder anymore. It's not a disorder mm-hmm. anymore. And then and then mm-hmm. they said, hey, why don't you play up the AIDS problem? So you start to pity the homosexual movement, and right. then they moved it to um, uh, arguing that homosexuals are just part of society, 
and and we want just to have civil marriage and then and then of course the whole play just ran yeah, from from there. I, but I think the thing the thing that's interesting mostly though is that that's the secular movement where the church now is like embracing it. Right? Like we're 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 in one sense We're ap- pitying them. Well, yeah, we're almost becoming apologi- apologists for homosexuality. Yeah, but yeah, but David, nobody's going to believe you when you say that because what w- the problem is pastors and and Christian celebrities are making a big show of standing against homosexuality. And so everybody's going to say, no, 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 right. my pastor says homosexuality is a sin. But what they don't realize is what pastors and, and Christian Reformed celebrities are saying is bodily copulation between members of the same sex is sin. And that's the line they hold. But what people don't realize is homosexuality it is much, much more sophisticated than simply bodily copulation. Mm-hmm. And so if you stand against the body having physical relations with another male body or a female with a female, you can appear to be righteous and standing against uh... you know, the darkness and everything. But then what they do is they never teach anybody that it's also a sin to be malakoi, is what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It's a sin to be a soft man. And, uh... Woo! You just got yourself in trouble. <laughs> you can't... Well, you just... Yeah, and, and David, the reason I got myself in trouble is why. I want you to look at it and think, why did I just get myself in trouble? Well, because I can see a bunch of soft men that nobody's saying anything's wrong with that, especially the ones that are in the so pulpit. I, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, there's an old saying, it's a French saying, and it goes like this, there are three sexes, men, women, and clergymen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah, oh, ouch. ouch. We need to make that into a t-shirt. Oh. Three sexes, <laughs> men, women, and clergy. So, yeah. and it's becoming super, I, I watched this as Minneapolis, there's, um, I'm sorry if I interrupt you, Pastor. No, Toby. go. There, there's, there's a, I've been watching, especially kind of in the Lutheran church, um, Men who are, I don't even know how to say it right, who, who have homosexual attraction or same sex, same sex attraction, but are not acting on those things and they're still soft, um, and they're being accepted still as elders. And yes, yes. they're kind of being praised, you know, they're being praised because look at them. Desiring God ran a blog post talking about that very thing. And what they, what they ended up saying was, God doesn't forbid it. The Bible doesn't forbid it. Who are you to forbid it? So mm. the way that they the way that they do this is they never talk about sexual identity. Right. What they talk about is copulation, intercourse. Mm. And so they say, look, it doesn't matter what their temptation is. Temptation isn't a sin. It doesn't matter what their identity is. It doesn't matter if they're narcissists and don't have any courage. It doesn't matter if they're soft. It doesn't matter if they're malachary. It doesn't matter if they're effeminate. Well, all we have to do is keep the outside of the cup clean. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So uh, go, uh, take a, just go back a little bit to the effeminate man, to the soft man, Malakoy. Um how do we confront a brother who's um, kind of dealing with that? Because that that's a that's, well. that's hard to get at, right? I mean, that's that's oh, hard you to got say. Him laughing now, like you're, I know, I know, you're, all of a sudden you're Chris Rock. He laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because yeah, that's okay. that's a very hard thing to get at because you got to describe it to your buddy who you're confronting. You know, right? I don't know. Yeah, what does that look like? Well, okay. So here here's the answer. You don't start by confronting anybody else. Yes. Okay. Well, this show's over. You start by, <laughs> you, you start by confronting yourself. Amen. It is Amen. impossible. It is impossible for any of us to live in this world today without being malapportioned. That is Ooh. where we all live. Hey, you know, Tim, all we were doing really good until just now. Now you're starting to talk to we, your host, man. Uh, yeah, Don't we were disrespect. Doing... <laughs> well, okay, fine. I'll just talk about myself, and I'll tell you, I invented androgyny when I was a young 20-year-old man. I grew my hair long, I pierced my ear, and I had that sweet spot between large shoulders and metrosexual. Yeah. And so I invented it. I know what it is, and mm. it's wickedness. Mm. And until we begin to realize that sexy today is halfway in between man and woman, okay? Wow. Then that's what's attractive to us. That's what our culture wants everybody to be, men and women. Until we realize it's in each of us, we're not going to have the courage to face it down in anybody else because we won't have led by repentance. Wow. That's good. Hey, um, we're going to let's pause there. Because I think he just I'm, kicked us all right in the gut. I need to, re- I need to get some help. <laughs> I need to drink something. I, I am sweating in here right yeah. now. <laughs> right. And uh, we'll be right back in a minute. More with Pastor Tim Bailey. This is Cy Tim Brigginkate with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Professed unbelievers like to stump Christians with the question, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? Well, no. No, he can't. There are things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot change. And he can't contradict himself, to name but a few. Of course, then the professed unbeliever will say, if God can't do those things, then he isn't all-powerful. What they refuse to realize is that those things are not powers. They are weaknesses. To make a rock so big that it can't be lifted would be a logical contradiction. That would be a weakness, not a power, and is therefore something that God cannot do. Of course, they'll likely insist that in order to be omnipotent, God must be able to do the logically impossible. Then I say, okay, fine. A God who can do the logically impossible can, in fact, make a rock so big that he can't lift it. To which they say, aha, then there's something that your God can't do. He can't lift that rock. And I answer, no, a God who can do the logically impossible can lift a rock he can't lift. And the absurdity of their demand is exposed. When we defend our faith, Stick to the true nature and character of God, and you can answer anyone. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. I, uh, I hope that you've caught your breath. And you're ready for round two with Pastor Tim Bailey. Yes. Only had two cracked ribs that last one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two. Get, get ready. Woo. Get ready. So um, we got to jump right back into this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's so much here. Um, so one of our friends, um, we've actually had him out to Moscow. We, we, uh, we've hung out with him, um, is Sam Albury. Yep. yep. Sam um, uh, has rights for Gospel Coalition. He's got a book out called is god anti-gay um and there's a whole lot of really good stuff 
in what Sam mm-hmm. is saying. There really is. Mm-hmm. Um, he except the title. I didn't. I never liked the title. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. But um, <laughs> yes. But nevertheless, um, I think the, the further we've gone along in this, and the more that I've heard him speak and seen things that he's written, it seems that there are some there are some missing pieces. There are some things that um, that and in some places it's what's not being said. Um, perhaps more than what is being said. Yeah. Um, Tim, one of the, we, we talked about this a little bit at the, at the conference in February. You, you brought it up then because I think it was right when this, there was that video that broke. Right. Where yeah, Sam was, when he was up at Oxford. He was in yeah. Oxford yeah. and speaking and, and it was, man, it went everywhere. I hadn't yeah. even seen it yet, but you started talking about it. And my wife, who was there with me at the conference said, Oh yeah, everybody in Moscow is sharing it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and so what, what, what's going on there, Tim, and what are we missing? Well, there are way, there are, there are a bunch of different ways to tease it out. One of the main tropes I use in the book is by taking the rhetoric of Sam and people that are a part of the uh, gay pride movement called living where they're trying to get people who have, same-sex temptations to talk about it publicly and identify in the church in that way. And I always try to say to people, if you think these guys are great, put in bestiality, put in pedophilia, pederasty. Substitute the language. Yeah. And, and look at how it works. And it never works. And the reason it doesn't work is that we don't have a bestiality pride movement. Oh, you just wait, working. buddy. You just wait. <laughs> well, you might be speaking a little <laughs> early on this. <laughs> that's going to come. Although, you know, honestly, it's not going to be as easy because there, there's such strong animal rights movements. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, stop! No, I'm no, I'm absolutely serious about that. That is the main resistance to bestiality today is that people say that the animals can't give informed con- consent. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. But coming coming back, Scripture has groups, and in the Old Testament, it groups certain sins together, and it does typically put sodomy or what it refers to as our senecoite, uh men lying with men. It puts that with incest, and it puts it with bestiality. Yeah, and then it employs certain words, and I always tell people, look. If we believe in the plenary verbal inspiration of Scripture, that means we don't believe the concepts behind the words are inspired, but the words themselves. And so are you speaking of this as an abomination? Do you speak about it the way the Apostle Paul does? I've been reading a bunch of books on uh, bisexuality in the ancient world, and it's interesting. They never call it homosexuality. And the reason is that everybody in the ancient world had a wife and children and then had boys on the side. Right, right. Okay? Wow. And so the modern construct of homosexuality has been unknown in history. I mean, yeah, there's a few. You know, like out of the first 12 or 13 emperors of Rome, only one of them just had sex with the opposite sex. Right. So it was just, it was just everywhere in the ancient world. And if you look at the way the Apostle Paul talked about this, when he was living in a time writing a city every bit as decadent as San Francisco in, in, in Corinth, What words did he use? Well, he used words like degrading passion. So how come Sam uh, Alsbury and how come, uh, what's his name, uh, the pastor that I just mentioned over in England? Ed Shaw. um, How come, yeah, Ed Shaw. How come these guys never 
ever, ever refer to this? How come Al Mohler doesn't refer to it? How come Russ Moore doesn't refer to it? Why is our language precious about homosexuality? If and, and here's where I really want to hammer it home. People who do not use biblical language to condemn and warn against homosexuality have no love for homosexuals. None. Wow. None. Mm. And they cop a posture as loving them and being the true contextualization of gospel witness and all this. But they don't know it. And the reason they're not loving homosexuals is I have emails that I get from people who are tempted by same-sex intimacy telling me, thank you for calling it sodomy, because it, it causes me to be horror-stricken yeah. and to mm-hmm. be ashamed right. and to run. Right. And so that's the common denominator of what is missing with all these men and the reformed celebrities that are following them. But None the, of them believes that shame is a graceful gift from God. Yeah, that, that's the thing. We're dealing with real people, right? Like, Tim, come on. This guy is uh, he's a real person and we don't want to offend him because you call it sodomy. That just seems so harsh. Well, but what about the Apostle Paul? When the Apostle Paul wrote the church in Corinth, everybody knew who was committing incest. Mm. Everybody knew it. Yeah. And look at the language he used. I know personally that when it comes to my repentance for my sin, it is always people who use biblical language and shame me to help me to repent. Mm -hmm. There's nothing antithetical between shame and gospel repentance. Mm. It's those hard words. Tim, as part of kind of what uh, you're getting at a little bit regarding the language here, is a lot of us, um, I think, you know, we're, we use the term homosexuality to talk about this sin. We want to stay away from the words like sodomy um, or even evil passions, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, it seems degrading. like degrading passions. Degrading. Yeah, and it's yeah those, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And so it, <laughs> you can do it, guys. You can do it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it. It seems like if you stay up at the kind of the 50,000 foot level using these bigger summary level words that you don't get to the underlying emotions and temptations that are actually driving these problems. Does that, does that make bondage. sense? And bondage. Um, and bondage. bondage. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, right, right. You know, the Apostle Paul loves us until, so he talks about being slaves of the flesh and slaves of Satan. You know, I just, I, I, I despair over the doctrine of depravity coming alive again in the reformed world Ooh. it's like we don't believe in depravity anymore mm, and wow. once you yeah. see how depraved you are it makes you a much better father a husband much better lover of your wife mm. and right. it makes you a much better pastor and writer and and, and uh and preacher yeah. Man, that's yeah. i don't that's know how guys yeah. preach who don't believe in depravity so you know i know that sam is a real guy I know that Tim Keller's a real guy. I know that Ed Shaw's a real guy. I know that Al Mohler and Russ Moore, they're all real guys. Right. But look, when you're dealing with a gap in the wall where, you know, what, today, Germany voted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They they, they, uh, made homosexual marriage a thing? Germany did? Yeah. 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 They had one hour's debate before the vote was called. One hour. One hour. And so this is the world we live in. And if we're going to live in this world wise as serpents and harmless as doves we have to begin to choose our language in the way we speak of sexual perversions loving the victims and loving the perps so i think um 
uh, that's I think that's getting at. So me and as me and David and and Toby have discussed this. I mean, I've kind of evolved in how I've <laughs> how I've thought about this issue. Where you know my friend Sam, when he talks about how he's same sex attracted, um, and yet he says, you know, I, I, I it's it's um, you know marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, you know, it's a sin to be to live out your same sex attraction. I think I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that 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 referring to yourself as same sex attracted is not helpful because you're identifying really still identifying by your own sin by your own temptations and that to me is yeah. not how you fight temptations by identifying with it you fight temptation by confessing it well okay and and let me let me say a couple things right here you say it you watch the you watch that movie of him in oxford you know talking to the bishops yep you know what he actually says about himself he actually says he talks about being gay yeah yeah he actually says that yeah and so you live at this very sophisticated place where you when you're dealing with unbelievers, although the bishops theoretically should be believers, you know, you use the lingo <laughs> of the world and gay is the lingo. But then in the church, what do you do? Well, then you switch and you talk about being same sex attracted. But guys, that is wrong. It's not same sex attracted, it's same sex tempted. And there's a big deal, big difference between being same-sex attracted and same-sex tempted because tempted immediately signs it as evil, immediately. And so it doesn't put it in a neutral category. You see this with the language. You have to have an ear for the language. And once you begin to have an ear for it, you'll see this everywhere. That's really good. Even same-sex attracted means that there's something going on in the present tense with you right now. I'm same sex attracted now, right? And and part of what uh, part of the issue that's going on here is we actually want to get to the to the emotions and the temptations well, it, that it are going is, on in the heart. It's, it's also and it's also suggesting that there might be something kind of good about it. I mean, to be attracted to something, right? I right. mean, it, you know, I mean, well, a positive phraseology him, going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Toby, if you read him, he actually talks about the beauty the beauty of a male body. And he'll actually talk about how there's nothing wrong with seeing beauty in another man's body. Well, yeah, <laughs> I wow. suppose, you know. I guess I haven't read that, that from Sam. There's something about Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you're maybe... a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I look beautiful myself. You're not. Well, you're not. Okay, I can answer that one. You ain't, you ain't beautiful, bro. You're not. <laughs> no, so anyhow, you come back to the whole issue, and once you... Tim's playing once host, trying to bring to, this back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you're willing to, to really think carefully about why we speak the way we do, we choose the words the way we do, what you realize is that words are either chosen to sign to other intellectuals, to other pastors, to other scholars, theologians, that we're on the reservation and we're a part of the kinder, gentler movement having to do with uh transsexuality bisexuality right. homosexuality or you speak like the apostle paul does for repentance right. uh-huh. and there's no there is absolutely no commonality between the two right. there's none and anybody listening to somebody who's speaking like the apostle paul has a choice immediately they either call them a hater or they realize they actually love lesbians because they're saying to them, if you don't repent, I remember one time I was preaching about 18, 
20 years ago. And I had church constantly had people involved in homosexuality in the church because it was right by the music school. And I remember one Sunday looking at the congregation and thinking to myself, there are people here who think that they can be involved in homosexual sex and go to heaven. And so I stopped and I said, I want to make it very clear that scripture says, if you are involved in having homosexual sex, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. And it was like a shock to me that I said it in the middle of the sermon. I stopped and said it. And you know, there was a guy there that day that went home and proceeded to smash the walls of his bathroom with his fist. Okay. Mm. Why? Well, he'd never heard it like that. Right. You know, he'd read it, but he hadn't heard it preached. Well, that wow. guy today is, is involved in leadership pastorally in a PCA church. He repented. The Lord, and I can tell you story after story, and let me tell you something. None of these people go around saying what Sam Albury says. Right. None of them. Yeah. Wow. They do not go around identifying themselves. Why? Well, because a lot of them are married and have kids. And what do they want? Why? They want to go around telling their wife that, you know, they're the poster child for people that don't just want their wife but want every man they see on the, on the road. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, great example of this. I was I was asking about this before the show, but um there's a, a book review. It turns out it was actually back in February, so I was I was off. I thought it was recent. I just recently saw it, but a children's book about homosexuality. This is on the Gospel Coalition uh website and it's a book review by by Sam and, and um several of the things like exactly what you're getting at, the, the rhetoric here is um very, very light on the the the, the condemnation. And the shame the, on the shame, and it's very, very heavy on how how humanizing the book presents homosexuality. Yeah, I remember that word? It, it's used over and over again, and and he, you know, he he'll, he'll note here and there. Of course, there is you know tacit approval of homosexuality, and of course, it's it's not exactly you know moral. Um, but but the whole the the book book review ends by saying the story is bookended by two weddings. The first is comically retold by the character looking back on his helpless, uh, hapless younger self. The other comes at the end and forms the climax and the resolution of the book. And this structure is significant. Unconsciously, the best man, that's the name of that book, echoes the ultimate story of the Christian faith. That la but the wedding at the end is a homosexual wedding. No. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, he, and he says that it's echoing the ultimate story of the Christian faith, which too opens with a wedding, Adam and Eve, and ends with a wedding, the lamb and his bride. And for us too, the first chapter points to the last. Um, human marriage is designed to be the climatic marriage in disguise. It's why marriage matters so much to us as Christians, which is why we need to listen to, understand, love, and know how to respond to our LGBT friends, as do our children. If your kids or their friends pick up the best man, listen to what they're saying, and where possible, share how biblical sexuality offers a better way. So, so that a better way yeah. that that's like as strong as it. That sounds like Oprah. It it's, sounds like the four spiritual laws. It's, 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 that's <laughs> a strong. Has a wonderful better way for you yeah it's, it's a it's a little bit better <laughs> yeah you know i've I seen i'm seeing more and more how the ones who are telling the truth about the subject the ones who are calling it like it is using biblical language those are the ones who are being painted as you guys don't get it that's not loving they're not going to hear you i know you I know, know and I and know. and the more i'm listening to you talk tim it seems like no, the most loving thing to do is to call an adulterer an adulterer. That's what Jesus did with the lady at the at the well, right? 
Right. Like the husband you have now isn't even your own. It wasn't like, oh, you know, hey, thanks for the water, you know. <laughs> and, and listen, when when Jesus did that with him, David, or with her, Jesus made it very, very clear yes. the that he was willing to bear her sin. That's right. And that's what none of us want to do is none of us want to get involved in the mess oh. of homosexual relations because it's appalling. And I know this personally. It's horrible. It's like incest. You know, you try to get a pastor or elders to deal with incest in their church. No way, Jose. Ain't going to happen. Why? Well, because it's horrible. There's just no way of helping people caught in these sins without getting completely incapacitated. You know, you get done dealing with incest and homosexuality, you go home to your wife and you try to make love. And it's like, dude, I can't believe what's going through my brain. I just feel Mm. so filthy. Mm. And so this precious language about homosexuality and making nice with Sam and all, you know, the name of their website is what? Here's a clue. Their website's called livingout.org. I mean, how can anybody not realize what that's about? Why would you want a rapist to live out? Why would you want somebody that's having sex with a sheep to live out? Mm. Tim, I, I I I need some victory right now. I, I need some because right now I'm sitting here thinking like, man, you know, I'm looking at even like when you talked earlier about, you know, and Gabe asked, well, how do we address someone with on this issue? And it's like, you got to deal with yourself. That hit home. And I need some gospel. You got you have any gospel in your bag? You got some victory? <laughs> well, in your yeah. bag? Yes, I absolutely do. That God has over the course of my whole life has made me consistently grow in my repentance for my androgynous, effeminate bisexuality. And he hasn't turned me into a, a poster boy for, uh, you know, for hackneyed masculinity. Uh, you know, I did actually, you know, Toby once made fun of me for crying when I spoke. And I actually <laughs> did cry again this last week. <laughs> it was, I, was, I was talking about death and the death of my brothers and what was written my parents wrote on the gravestone. But I think that the gospel is that God never makes somebody a person. He makes us man and woman. And Christian faith is the Holy Spirit making us more male and more female as we get older, not less. Mm, And not happy. Not this this stupid, lacy, fra-fra, you know, prairie munch, you know, this... I don't know how to say it, but you know how everybody like um, everybody that catches a view for male headship immediately starts dressing their three-year-old daughters in full-length dresses with lace. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, and it's just pathetic because you know, they're, cry- they're trying we- to create such distinction. <laughs> well, and because it's the outside of the cup again. What we really yeah, need yeah. to do right, right. it once we catch a vision for sex being. A command of God to each of us that's either male or female and that we that faith is living that command okay once we get that into our brain then what we begin to see that the real essence of manhood is not having a buff body it's taking initiative and responsibility for others it's saying no to our lusts and pleasures it's having faith to do things that look like they're going to absolutely destroy any hope of a future of us getting jobs and having a church 
That's what it means to be a man. You take weight on you and carry it for other people. And so, for instance, Amen. when they talk about people who are tempted by homosexual uh, lusts, the assumption is, since I'm saying we shouldn't be living out on the web, on a website, people's going to say, oh, yeah, what you want them to do is just go back in the closet and shut up. No, there's an excluded middle here. And the excluded middle is that older Titus II women with lesbians and pastors and elders and deacons with, with, uh, with uh, homosexual men need to be the ones that come alongside them and allow them to confess their sin yeah. and their temptations and, and strengthen them when they fall and love them and, 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 and touch them and have, have them so integral to our family life that we don't, we don't even think about it. Mm. So it's not that you process it publicly, but it's that your pastors and elders see what they see. They know who is tempted because they watch people in the church. Yeah. And it's so obvious if you love people that you'll know who are the people tempted by adultery, who are the people tempted by uh, pornography, falling into that, who are the people tempted by homosexuality, who are the gossips, who are the greedy, who are the liars, you know? Yeah. And then you're surrounded by people who aren't squeamish at all. That's right. But are willing to talk to you and have you confess your sin and pray for you and love you in in the weakness that you have. Yeah, that's so good. Hey, uh, we are we, we we've uh, gone over time, and this is this is good stuff, Tim. And what a what a blessing it is, and I'm really excited to share this with our listeners. Very good. Thank you for having me. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Christ Politics.